What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Potter Podcast, where you will find knowledge, resources, and information on everything real estate related. We are happy to have you join us today. And without further ado, let's jump into our topic and discussion for today. Hey, guys, what's up? I want to address uh, the question about home values appreciating or depreciating in 2020. I've been getting asked this question a lot, especially with the COVID-19 stuff. And how will home values be affected uh, moving forward here in the future and uh, throughout the year? So let's get into this discussion because I got a lot of important information for you to think about. All right, guys, what's up? Hope you're doing well. So question that I've been getting asked a lot, especially as I take buyers out and uh, I have discussions with other entrepreneurs and people in uh, our city. Um, we've been talking a lot about this, and I feel like it's it's definitely something that needs to be on a podcast now um, to inform and educate everyone else, um, because I think there's a lot of misleading information out there. And what I mean by that is um, just because you read something uh, in the media or you see something on the news doesn't necessarily mean that it's affecting uh, the area that you're living in. So I, I want to give an example because um, I feel like I get approached a lot that um, people are asking me. And uh, one of those questions as it relates to a lot of this stuff is, hey, I, I think a lot of um, houses are going to be foreclosing uh, moving forward in the future. And um, when I sit back and ask the question, okay, um, you know, where are you getting this information? Because from what I'm seeing, and uh, specifically speaking from Omaha, Nebraska in the Midwest, um, but also I think as a country, um, I don't see this happening uh, moving forward in the future. Now, are there going to be some foreclosures? Possibly. Um, is it, is it going to be anything like 2008 and, two, or, uh, 2008 and 2009 like we, we saw there? Absolutely not. Um, not in my opinion. Um, and based off of the numbers and the information that I've seen and the statistics and the facts. Um, reason being, I think, because uh, this is a completely different situation and time that we're in. Um, whereas in 2008 and 2009, we all know that, that that market and that housing crash was because of uh, the mortgage industry, right? And with this one, um, you know, it definitely uh, isn't anything like uh, back in 2008 and 2009, where this has nothing to do with the mortgage industry. It has everything to do with a pandemic and uh, everything that's been going on with COVID-19. Um, so completely two different uh, scenarios. So to compare the two um, is like comparing apples to oranges. Um, and so I want to get down to um, kind of the, the fundamentals and the basics here and kind of break it down for you as we digress and we um, just take a step back and really start looking at some of the numbers and the facts. Um, and I know we can go a lot of places, um, specifically people that are um, that have been you know around a long time and they've seen where um, the market has gone up and gone down and um, where they predict the market to be and all those types of things. I wanna address a lot of those issues. Um, and so let's speak about that. Let's start with the foreclosure one um, and let's kind of talk about that a little bit and let's dive in. Um, so. You know, as it relates to the foreclosures, um, I think the problem that you would have when you see foreclosures happen is um, typically people aren't going to be able to pay their mortgage, right? And so um, then the bank uh, takes over and the bank says, hey, you've got until this specific amount of time in order to make your payments or you're going to be foreclosed on and the bank then owns that property. Um, when you look at the numbers right now, um, again, 
you know, some will say, well, maybe it's too early to tell this. Um, but from what we've seen, and I'm going to speak specifically from Omaha, Nebraska, right? I can't speak for the country. And that's another thing that I think we need to keep in mind is every area, every city, every state um, is their own uh, specific community and what's going on. So a lot of times I think what the media tries to do is they'll pull numbers from like the West Coast or the East Coast or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, the housing industry is blank, right? Like, well, that's not necessarily true. It might be that uh, in a certain city or certain state, but that doesn't mean it's that way for the entire country or the city that you're living in. So you need to stay informed and educated and not necessarily always believe that what the housing market actually is, um, needs to be defined and you need to talk with a real estate professional in your area to know what um, is currently going on in that industry and that market and not necessarily what you're reading in the New York Times or things like that because that might not be specifically talking to uh, your specific city. So for example, um, you know, even with us, during this COVID-19 thing, you know, we saw record numbers as far as um, showings, pendings, units, like in March and April. Um, and for me and my team, um, you know, we had record numbers for even compared to the last couple of years in those months. And so I can't say that COVID-19 affected us um, negatively uh, as it did to maybe somebody that was out on the coast or somebody like Pennsylvania, for example, where they couldn't go out and show any houses. You know, the market here for us allowed us to still continue to go out and show, and it allowed us to still be able to put together um, contracts during that time. But for people on the East Coast, some of those places shut down, so they couldn't go out and do that. So those numbers are going to be different than what they are here. So we need to keep that in mind. Um, so wherever you're at, you need to understand that the numbers could be different, and the stats could be different, and the facts could be different um, where you're at. So that's important to remember. Um, and so as we, we dive into this, you know, I think that, um, when we talk about the potential of foreclosures, like I don't see that happening here in Omaha. And the reason why I don't see that happening is because in order for that to happen, you know, we've been hearing a lot about, um, you know, the unemployment rates and those things skyrocketing and all that kind of, those kinds of things. But as you talk to a lot of people here in Omaha, business owners, CEOs, things like that. Like we've been able to basically sustain ourselves through this time. And although there's more people working from home, a lot of these people are still keeping their jobs, um, which means they're still making their mortgage payments. They're still being able to um, rent. They're still being able to do all these other things and pay those things. And so we're not going to see, at least right now, um, I would say that we're not going to, we're not going to see a lot of foreclosures taking place here now. I can't speak for, um, again, what's happening out on the coast and what's happening in different states or cities because I don't know because I'm not there, right? I can read up on um, what some of those cities and states are saying, but I would say this. I would say from a national perspective and what I have read, um, I don't think that we're going to see a lot of that taking place. I'll give you um, another example as it relates to this. You know, I've had that conversation with some people that have said, well, what about Airbnbs? right? Those people are going to go into foreclosure. And I'm like, okay, possibly. Um, but I've talked to a lot of people out on the coast um, that have Airbnbs. And I've said, how has COVID-19 affected your business, right? And from what I've talked to uh, and discussed with them, 
they've all said that, yeah, these last couple months obviously have been tough because we haven't been able to rent out um, our Airbnbs, but we're definitely not in a position where we're hurting ourselves, right? Like, um, so basically what they're saying is we've still been able to make our payments on those Airbnbs. Um, we still plan on renting those out. In fact, a lot of them have said like we're booked out um, in the next couple of months and into the fall. And so a lot of them have said, yeah, it's, it, it might be tight and it might be difficult for these last couple of months and the, the next month moving forward, um, but we're able to make ends meet. And so that's my point when I'm talking about um, this stuff is I think it's been tight for some people, right? And I think it's been maybe a little bit difficult um, to make some of those payments. But my point is they've still been able to make those payments, right? So if they're still able to make those payments moving forward, um, then I don't think we're going to see a lot of foreclosures happening. And so we need to keep that in mind as we hear that. And as people try to compare that back to 2008 and 2009, like the problem with 2008 and 2009 was that there were all these people that were getting approved and buying homes that they should have never been approved to buy in the first place. Um, and some of those people owned three or four homes. And then so obviously, you know, as that, that market crashed, right now they've got three or four mortgage payments that need to be made. And so, yeah, then you had the housing crash, um, take place and a lot of foreclosures hit the market. We're not going to see any of that in my opinion, um, with this pandemic, I could be wrong. Um, only time in the future will tell, but from what I see and what I'm reading right now, um, based off of the stats and then statistics wise, um, we're not seeing any of that. So I want to just put that to rest, um, a little bit, maybe I'll approach this and look at it again here in the next six months. And that could possibly change. But as of right now, that's where we stand. Um, so then we move into, um, again, as we talk about appreciating, depreciating in 2020, um, the price of any item is determined by supply as well as the market's demand for that time, right? Like we all know, let's, let's, let's take this COVID-19 for example. And I got to laugh at this when I'm giving this illustration, but think about toilet paper, right? Like what happened when the toilet paper, uh, began disappearing from like people were going crazy, right? Like, and I tell people this, I say, welcome to real estate with the inventory, right? Like this is what it's been for us. Um, and a lot of price ranges, um, for a long time. Like I can tell you this, I've been in real estate for seven years and I was just telling this to a client the other night. I said, you know, I've been in real estate for seven years and I've always been in a seller's market, which means I've always been dealing with the fact that the sellers have most of the leverage, um, when negotiating because the inventory has been low and the demand has been high. So what I mean by that is there's a lot more buyers out there than there are houses on the market. And we can see this as we look back over um, the last couple of years as well and moving into the future here is that that isn't changing. Um, and I can tell you this, at least from our perspective here in Omaha, I can give you example after example um, that the inventory is still low and the demand is still high even during this time. So as I've been taking out clients, buyers uh, in this market, um, for some of you, these prices might like freak you out because it doesn't exist in your market. But at least here in Omaha, right, we've been taking people out in the $130,000 price range up to like the $250,000 price range. And what we're seeing is one, multiple offers uh, on those properties, 
but two of these houses staying on the market for 24 to 48 hours and then they're gone. Um, and then we see a lot of these properties going for $15,000, $20,000 over the ask price with very little contingencies. And what that's telling me is there are a ton more buyers out there, right? When you've got 8, 9, 10, 12, 20 offers on one property in less than 48 hours, um, that tells me that the demand out there is very high and that our inventory is very low, right? Because if we had more toilet paper, right, you don't have empty shelves. And that's the same uh, illustration as it deals with our market right now, especially in Omaha. And I can say this nationally. Um, if you go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page, I just posted an article um, with some photos uh, from this to basically back up and confirm this from uh, the National Board of Realtors. Um, and they have basically done a study looking at where are we at as it pertains to the supply and demand. Um, and as you can see, uh, when you see those, those maps, is that 34 out of 50 states are in strong demand. Um, Nebraska is one of those, and the Midwest is pretty much dark blue, which means it's a strong demand, um, which means um, we are a part of those 34 of the 50 states um, that have a ton more buyers out there and low inventory. The other 16 have a stable demand. So it's not even weak. It's still a stable demand. Um, and then as you look at the next picture that's provided, uh, there 46 out of 50 states are weak um, as it pertains to the inventory. There's only four states that literally are stable or, or high on their inventory. Um, and that's Alaska, Louisiana, Virginia, and Wyoming um, that are stable and strong. So what that means is they actually have more inventory. And so there's probably houses sitting on the market a little bit longer than what we're seeing here and in the Midwest and nationally. Um, so we've got to keep that in mind as we're, we're talking about this. And as that relates to, uh, moving forward in 2020, um, you know, we've all been talking about, well, that we're not, we're not far enough in, um, because, you know, there's going to be unemployment here and those numbers are creeping up and all those types of things. Um, yes, possibly, you know, but I, as I look at again, Omaha, um, you know, I'm not seeing that number increase very much. And even as it does continue to increase, here's what all the experts and what we're predicting it seeing is that this unemployment is going to be down uh, by the end of the year because as the market, as you know, at least here in Nebraska, um, we slowly began starting opening up our market this past week. And, uh, and the economy is going to start picking back up again. And as that happens, those people are going to all be able to go find jobs again and get rehired. And then that unemployment rate is going to begin to decrease, right? And then that's going to, again, bring that demand up even higher. And so, again, I don't predict or see uh, home values depreciating at all because of this. You know, even though there's the unemployment that might go down a little bit, I'm telling you right now, like, Unless I'm proven wrong by statistics and things moving forward, which I would definitely cover um, and eat my words later on if this is true. But um, I think that we're not going to see home values depreciate anytime in the near future. And when I say near future, I'm going to say all the way through December into 2021. It's just not going to happen, um, especially here in Omaha. Now, 
I'm not speaking for the entire country. I'm not speaking for other cities or things like that. I'm speaking only with what I know and who I've talked to here in my city, in my community, and been able to take that information and then compare it to um, these other things, right? So I just want you guys to be aware of that as you think about um, all these different statistics and read about all these things and see things in the media. It's important to know um, that sometimes those might not relate uh, specifically to um, your city or your community. So it's important to talk to an expert in your area so that you know um, and you're not just listening to um, all these other people out there that might be uh, not necessarily true or right or correct in uh, their presentation and their facts and statistics. Um, again, there's a lot of opinions out there, which is fine. Everybody can share their opinion just like I'm doing here. But I like to back it up with um, facts and statistics as well, um, which makes me feel more confident in my opinion um, as I move forward. And that's my job to educate and inform you guys. Um, and so how does that compare, you know, again, like I was listening to the radio and I'll close with this is, um, you know, a, a rough stock market or, um, you know, a low market as it compares to what's been happening in the stock market. And then does that relate to the housing market? And again, I would say no, like, yes, we're starting to see things, um, in the stock market, um, decrease, but again, it's been pretty steady, I would say. Um, it's not like there's been a huge decrease and, and obviously in some places there has been, but that began to come back up. Right. And I think as we move forward, those stocks and those other things in our stock market are continuing to, um, kind of show and push us towards like a more positive, strong economy, uh, stock market moving forward. Right. So again, with that, like, I don't think there's, you know, some people like to compare the two, but, um, we've been able to stay strong and stay steady through this time, right? Like, so I don't think you can compare the two again there either. Um, it's good to watch those things because sometimes those definitely have an effect on what's going on again, as that, as that comes to, um, unemployment, as it comes to see what other businesses are doing and how successful they're being. But again, I think we need to, um, go back to, the importance of knowing um, what's going on in our specific city and our state as opposed to what's happening around the country. But again, as you can see by those maps that I provided on my social media pages uh, this morning, and as we look at those again, I think it's, it's pretty safe to say that around the country right now, um, there is 34 out of the 50 states that are in strong demand, which means that there's a lot of buyers out there compared to the low inventory that's out there. So until that demand begins to decrease and the inventory begins to increase, I don't think we're going to see anything um, change with uh, our current home values and our market and our industry. You know, if anything happens, here's what my prediction would be as that inventory begins to increase, if we ever do get to that point, because right now it feels like we've been in that the last seven years, um, at least here in Omaha. But as you think about it, um, I don't think that's going to decrease value. If anything, I think we may plateau at some point where we might stay more steady in home values. But right now we've been increasing three to 5% every single year here in Omaha for the last seven years. And I can tell you, I don't see that um, being affected or decreasing anytime in the near future, even with this pandemic. So again, what's my point? 
Bottom line is demand is still stronger than supply, which means home values are very unlikely to depreciate, right? So we, again, are looking at that. We're following that on a daily basis, on a monthly basis, and we're saying, hey, as long as that demand is strong and the supply is low, um, there's going to be no room for any depreciation whatsoever. So if you're thinking about that or you're wondering about that, now you have the answer, at least for 2020, and I would say even moving into 2021, um, market values are going to continue to be strong. Um, I think we're still going to see multiple offers in certain price ranges. I think we're still going to see um, sellers get a lot of the leverage. So if you are someone that's thinking about listing your house moving forward um, into this this next year or even into 2021, I would say to take advantage of that because as a seller, you're going to have more leverage as you deal with um, as you deal with some of those multiple offers and the demand there. Um, and again, that depends on price range. But for the most part, I think we've seen um, housing and uh, the market here with values still stay pretty steady. Uh, despite what price range you're in. It might be a little bit slower in some of those, but if you think about this, you know, even if your house sells in less than a month, that's, that's, pretty, um, that's pretty awesome if you're a seller. Um, so if you're in that price range, obviously, um, where things are just flying off the market, you know, you're going you're gonna to talk to your realtor and you're going to know that. So again, I encourage you to just be... Um, talking to uh, your professionals there and uh, still continuing to do your research, but make sure that you're doing that research too within your city and not just nationally, because sometimes that can be a little bit different. So thanks guys. If you have any questions, you guys know where to find me again, go check out my uh, maps that I posted on my Instagram and my Facebook today. I did it just for you guys. So you could go see those for yourselves and those statistics there. And then if you wanted to read the article, um, that kind of goes more in depth with this information. I have put the link there for you as well. If you guys have any questions, let me know. Other than that, thank you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. As always, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Potter Podcast. To learn more about how you can connect with me, check out my website, potterpodcast.com. And there you can connect with me on my social media platforms. Until next time, stay hungry, work hard, dream big, and always stay humble. Talk to you soon.